Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, episode 10 of the Kickout Crew. Thank you for joining us. Uh, had a bunch of positive feedback on our uh, previous episode, which is uh, our episode one into a uh, deep dive series into women's wrestling. Uh, obviously, uh, a lot of things have happened in the current week, so uh, we want to bring a respectful aspect to uh, women's wrestling and show that, you know, women matter. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to get political into that, but... Uh, that's the intro from James. Now I'm going to kick it off to Brad, see if he's got anything to say. So Brad, uh, take it away. All right. So first off, last week I listened back to me and I must have said the word um well over a hundred times. So this week, our good friend Brandy from Alaska, Brandy Wagner, is going to count my ums this week. I'm going to say when though. And you're not allowed to play along, coach. You're not allowed to play along. All right. Because no umming me in the middle and saying, and then I don't know what I'm saying anymore. But she's going to come out of me. And for every um, I am going to donate a dollar to the St. Jude's uh, Hospital, Children's Hospital. And she's going to come on the show next week, and she's going to announce how many ums there were. And then, yeah, for every, uh, for every um, it's going to be a dollar. All right. But yeah, he, just, uh, he just blew past the, yeah, we're actually going to have a guest next week. Uh, our friend Brandy is going to join us. You know, you can't just, like, mull over that. All right, guys. So Brandy's going to be here next week to uh, help us with our a ruthless aggression to the divas uh, section of uh, part of this uh, um of this show. So uh, the ums are going to start right now. Okay. Anyway, uh, I don't know if you guys saw. Oh, there's one. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I just did one. I don't know if you guys saw. WWE has partnered up with the Garbage Pail Kids. Now, for those of you on YouTube, you can see that I have the Garbage Pail Kids WWE characters. And I just wanted to tell you guys a story that I actually invented Garbage Pail Kids. All right? Let's go back to 1985, all right? A young Brad Stanton with his friend, Scotty A. We're not going to go last names. He may not want to be part of the show. We're oh, sitting Scotty. around watching all the girls in third grade class with their Cabbage Patch Kids. Like, where's the boys' toys, huh? Well, there might have been boy Cabbage Patch Kids at the time, but none of us had them back then. So I said, well, let's come up with something different. He said, yeah. So we started drawing pictures. And we said, how about this? Garbage pit kids. He says, not bad. Not bad at all. We started drawing some things. We had names like Sloppy Scotty, Terrible Tommy, Messy Molly, and Big Bad Brad. I don't know where I came up with that one. So I took down the address of the Cabbage Patch Kids uh, on the back of my sister's doll, and I sent in the pictures with the ideas. They sent me back a letter about two months later and said they cannot take any outside ideas. I mean, I'm in third grade. The fact that I even went this far was enough. About two months after that, I'm at the local Dairy Mart, not getting fun dip, and I, I'm at the register, and I see garbage, pale kids, trading cards. I said, no way, no way. So for years, I'm holding on to this. I said, no way did the Cabbage Patch Kid Company steal my idea. No way did they steal a third grader's idea. Now there's some holes in this story, not gonna lie. Considering the Cabbage Patch Kid Company is uh, made by Palico and the Garbage Pail Kids Company is Tops, but it seems like there's some collusion here. So going on record, 1985, Garbage Pit Kids, Garbage Pail Kids, invented by yours truly, Brad Stanton, and Scotty A. And I still bought all four of the Garbage Pail Kids WWE 
action figures. So I don't hold on to too much of a grudge. You might want to call Mike Dawkins because that original uh, paperwork <laughs> you sent in might be a poor man's patent. And well, I called home. I called home. Their paperwork is uh, long gone. <laughs> <laughs> However, this is a true story. It is a true story. Garbage pit kids were a thing. Sloppy Scotty, Big Bad Brad, Messy Molly, and Terrible Tommy. Cheers. You're, you're indeed missing royalties. <laughs> Get them right next to the candy cigarettes. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen the Garbage Pail Kids, like, real-life movie? Oh, my yeah. gosh. That terrified me when I was a kid. What, three years ago? Like five years ago? <laughs> <laughs> like 20 years ago, but... Yeah. Anyway, Did you collect any of those cards because you're in that age group, those magic cards or uh, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, any of that? Oh, I collect Pokemon cards. Yeah, not now, but I did when I was in like middle school. Might have some money there. Maybe. Especially money with your uh, Pepsi uh, sponsorship. Also, <laughs> speaking of sponsors, why can't we get sponsored by Natty Light? Natural Light, it's America's best beer. Mmm, refreshing. I don't know about best, but we'll say refreshing. Hey, man, don't you ruin this. <laughs> we need that money. <laughs> in a pinch, and you only got a couple nickels in your pocket, Natty Light, the premier $4 six-pack. Right? The premier cheap yeah. beer. That's the premier, the premier beer for the Southern man. I once did a, once in college, we had a keg race with the other fraternities, and one of them was Natty Ice. Gross. Yeah. As, far Gross. As, chugging, as far as chugging and trying to win a race, loser. You're going to lose. <laughs> not a good taste of beer at all. That was like the, that was like the craft beer before there were craft beers, and we didn't know what a craft beer tasted. That wasn't a fucking craft beer. <laughs> what I mean is it was a harsh taste that we, right, weren't, yeah. we weren't used to it yet. You're right. I'm drinking craft beer right now. I'm drinking a Yards IPA, as a matter of fact. Uh, no yingling or anything Hold up like your that? pinky. Hold up your pinky. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got it. And sporting my uh, my nice shirt here. Does everybody know what that is? Nope. Chris Hero. That's uh, what I was going to say, but I didn't want to sound stupid. Chris Hero. We miss you on Ad Free, pal. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James on that one. All right. You know, uh, I guess that would be a brief description of what we were doing. <laughs> I'm going to oh, cite this for the whole show. Let's go back to that. All right. <laughs> I thought we were doing those things called topics, but hey, what do I know? I got my yeah. sheet right here. Yeah, that's uh, number two, not number three. But So it is, day, <laughs> it is the second part of our women's series. Today, we're going to be talking about new generation and the attitude era. So somewhere around 1992, three, one ish to about 2001. Now we are we do have three matches picked out today. I do want to mention some folks that we're not necessarily going to talk about uh, during the matches. ECW uh, was did not really have a women's division, but there were notable women that were involved in ECW during this time. Lita being one woman, Luna Vachon, Sherry Martel. Come on, I want a Leia. <laughs> hey -o. Jazz, Beulah, Mag 
Eula McGillicuddy. Eula. Eula. Tommy Dreamer's current wife, Francine. Okay. Francine. Yeah, Francine. <laughs> WCW, again, we're not going to be covering any particular match uh, breakdown, but you can't talk about uh, WCW without talking about uh, we're, well, you're going to talk about our WWE and WCW, and that is Alondra Blaze slash Medusa. Mike, you, uh, of course, touched on the championship history last week. Uh, she was the champion in, in a new generation time for WWE 1993 because uh, it was vacated before that. Uh, she went over to WCW uh, 1990. Jeez, I'm going to get butchered for this one. Six, 19, okay, and then she uh, threw the she threw the, the championship in the trash. Um, however, uh, she, she gets a bad rap for the time she spent in WCW, but if you really watch some of those matches, uh, with her and, uh, the Japanese talent, she, she was really, really good. And the matches are good. Uh, Okudo, Okudo was who she faced in the tournament, uh, for the championship for the WCW championship. So back then, uh, WCW had this tournament. It was the Japanese wrestlers and the American wrestlers, a lot of, different cultural things they were doing back then in WCW. You know, they also had uh, the loot, the luchadors and a lot of, a lot of international flavor. Uh, she did lose to Hokuto in, uh, in the championship of the original tournament. And then they faced uh, two more times in the final match. She lost at the, the last star star cast star cast. I mean, Starcade, And then the championship was vacated after that. But I, I, I I would have you go back and watch some of her matches because they were very good. So, again, we're going to be talking about mostly WWE. We're going to be talking about WWE matches today, but I also wanted to mention those uh, from WCW and ECW. Uh, it's time for match one in our episode two of our deep dive into women's wrestling, and it is a uh, Sable versus Jacqueline. From uh, it's from Raw, an evening gown match, September fourteenth, nineteen ninety eight, in the San Jose Arena in San Jose, California. The attendance was thirteen thousand one hundred sixty one, and the TV rating was a, a four point And uh, I don't have the match length because it wasn't on the website I was using. So it's only it's, about three minutes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's uh, you know. That's going to be the opening match for our uh, discussions today. Brad, take it away. So, James, uh, before we get started here, we have JR and the Kingers on the call on all three of these matches we're going to be listening to today. Yeah. Uh, are they your favorite announced team? And if so, do you have anything you want to say about them? Uh, I would say they are uh, my all-time favorite announced team. Uh, I was a WCW guy for a lot of my childhood, but ain't nothing like JR and the King, man. They're the best. Um, <laughs> I did notice in a, a couple of uh, instances, they uh, talked about uh, Clinton, Bill Clinton, who was the president at the time. Oh, yeah. He likes <laughs> dresses. He likes they, dresses. That's what the king said. Yeah. <laughs> he loves dresses. And, uh, oh, what else did they say? Oh, and then JR said that Marv Albert should be calling that match, which uh, I don't know. You can Google uh, why Marv Albert, yeah, you know, he took a bite out of crime, I'll tell you that much. He ain't, he ain't uh, McGriff. McGruff, whatever. <laughs> McGriff was a player for the Braves. You damn right he was, Fred McGriff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they pretty much crack on a, the commentary on this one's a little silly and childish. I mean, the, the match isn't that long, and you know they crack on Clinton. They uh, you know make a joke about dresses and all that stuff. 
But I mean, it's a fast match. So uh, after those little jokes at the beginning, they pretty much just called the moves. This is the first ever, according to JR, uh, evening gown match. And Jacqueline comes out first, escorted by Mark Miro, who I believe at the time was Sable's husband. Now, Jacqueline, uh, Coach, do you have anything about Jacqueline you'd like to share? Yeah, Jacqueline, uh, she came from the Dallas area. And uh, shout out to Pondwater Dave. Uh, I think she cut her teeth in world, uh, world class championship wrestling. What am I? Yeah, world, the, the one from Texas. And uh, she's tough. She's a legit shoot fighter. She's got a third degree black belt. And she's always had the best of both worlds. She could talk on the mic and she could fight. And you saw that in this match. We had some live rounds in this match because these girls, uh, with the exception of Jackie, Jackie took some live rounds because when Sable got her on the ground, Sable was just throwing punches. I mean, she didn't know a working punch yet. And Jackie took it. And uh, she didn't have a very long career year-wise. I think she ended up her career in about 2003, 2004. But um, she had a... A great career and she's very successful today i believe she's actually in real estate do you think she's underrated i i do i mean she definitely uh had her opportunity in all the big organizations and shined in each organization she was never in a in a position where she was someone's second fiddle or some man, obscure manager she was usually put with someone that was at the top of the card or really up there a lot of times she was with somebody that had the secondary belt, which really made that title a lot stronger. So we have Sable uh, back then was bigger than life. Mike, do you remember Sable back then? Do you remember seeing her on TV guide? Uh, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> of course I do. Are you a Sable fan, young man? And if so. Uh, yeah, I mean. Mike, yeah, I guess back then I was. <laughs> her more than back then I was. Right? Back then I was. Well, we was saw Sable. her more than on TV Guide. Just admit it. We did. A lot of times. I'll, I'll say this about copy. Sable. I'll say this about Sable. I, I never really liked her character. Physically, appearance-wise, phenomenal. But when she got on the mic, her facial expressions were always... You know, she she wasn't lively and energetic as some of the other ladies, but she was a sight for sore eyes, but she needed some stick work. I see money. Yeah, I didn't like her ring work or her mic work. I didn't like none like none of that, but she came like on the screen. I was watching. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I guess I can understand that, Mike. Apparently, her <laughs> stick work must have been pretty good because she got close to the top. I'm just kidding. Anyway, it is the Attitude Era, so we're going to be a little raunchy today, guys. That's what we're going to do. It is the Attitude Era. Now, Devin, we have Mike Kyoto as our referee. We should be asking him about this, shouldn't we? Well, let's just leave that alone for now. Yeah, isn't that your favorite podcast? Let's <laughs> leave that alone for now. Devin, do you understand the rules to the match? And if so, can you explain them to everybody? Uh, I honestly don't know if there was rules or not, but Mike Kyoto got in there two or three times trying to stop them from pulling each other's hair. He was right in the middle of those two girls separating them. I wonder how much he paid uh, Earl Hefner to get this match. <laughs> yeah, thank God they weren't. there wasn't any hair pulling, right? Yeah. So the rules of the match, and it's very specific here, 
is that they just have to, one of the ladies has to rip off the other lady's dress and that's the winner. And they are very specific. Uh, one of the announcers can't remember. I think it was JR that says, this is not a wrestling match. Now, Adam, how demeaning is this match? Especially when they're actually saying it's not a wrestling match. This whole era is demeaning to the women and to wrestling in general, but especially this one because poor Jackie couldn't keep her top together and giving them two minutes, two and a half minutes to be out there just to get undressed in front of America is just demeaning altogether. Now, James. Hey, can we talk shit on Devin real quick? Because he just left. <laughs> Y'all talk shit every time on me. <laughs> shit on Devin. I was across the room turning on the light and fan. Calm your ass. <laughs> James, I don't you said you uh when you watched this match, did you watch it on Peacock? Correct. Or right. no, no, I think I YouTubed it actually. Okay, so did you get to see nakedness? Because on YouTube or on Peacock, they blur things out. What did you see? Did you see Miss Jackie's uh private areas? I did not. I must not have been paying that much. I was all on Sable. They blurred it out. No, they did. They brought out YouTube. All your focus was on Sable? So you no, wanted... not really. I mean, not all of it, but I wasn't. Uh, I didn't see any uh, nakedness. Well, there I was think a I saw of... some I'm upset. areola. <laughs> I'm so my upset with myself is, now. Are you upset that they blurred out the nudity? No, I'm upset that I didn't notice it. Uh, I'm upset I'm with upset myself. This is a self reflection. <laughs> what did you think of the crowd reaction, James? I, you know, it gets pretty live and in color at the end when, uh, you know, Sable unzips that dress. But uh, I, it was what it was. I mean, kind of demeaning, I guess you could say. But the it, was, it wasn't a match of talent. It was just, uh, hey, get out there and be sexy, like pretty much, you know. Like, yeah, that's, just it. that's just it. Sable wins. Yeah. Uh, she wins by tearing off Miss Jackie's clothes. Mero gets his uh, boxer's robe around Jack Jacqueline and escorts her out of the ring. And then what does Sable do anyway? Takes off her clothes. So what's the difference in the Sable end? Sable must pose. Mm -hmm. So of course, as we're going to say a lot of times during this show, this is a different time. <laughs> it's a very different time. How and it was a thong. It wasn't just underwear. It was a thong. I'm going to tell you right now. That thing went right between them cheeks, man. That thing was in there. I was disappointed. I thought it was too much clothes. Hashtag apricot or peach, whatever. Her, that uh, her Playboy is. picture, Sable, that is, pronouns. Uh, Sable's Playboy picture, my friend got a copy of it and uh, printed it out on his computer, and he would sell it <laughs> to kids in school for like five bucks. It's fantastic. <laughs> entrepreneur, young entrepreneur. Yep. So like I said before, this is a different time. Like we're going to say a lot of times, uh, a, lot of, a lot of the time during this show. However, could we do something like this today? Mike. No. God, no. God, no. No. I don't think we can do it today. Do like this today. Why not? Is it demeaning to women? Oh, 100%. Well, I not only that, but we actually, we have women that wrestle now. Like, I so. That. However, let's let's go back to uh, a year and a half ago. I, I started, I put on SmackDown and it's a car wreck, car wreck out there with ambulances. There, somebody got into an accident. That somebody was supposed to be it was framed Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, as oh, yeah, they were yeah. trying to say, he was drinking and driving and hurt Elias. And that's how they opened SmackDown. Jeff Hardy, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Hardy, as we know, has, has had 
alcohol drug problems in the past yet yet they did this and obviously they did it with his permission so if you have a woman's position or a permission to do these things why why is that any different well, I mean, body is we, oh sorry go ahead mike we we did see was it alexa bliss i mean was it two years ago or so she did that whole shower scene with the towel okay so i mean I guess if it, I guess if they're okay with it, I'm, I'll be okay with it. But. And that's just it. Well, <laughs> we can say it's demeaning to all women, even though these women are okay with it. But can't we also say that this could have been demeaning to uh, people in recovery, making light uh, yeah. of a situation? Yes. Yet, WWE did that less than two years ago on Fox. Right. So I, I, that's why I just wanted to. Sometimes you just got to put the. I, I wanted to put it in perspective and to see what you guys thought. So, so then I'm going to ask another question. Who from the Attitude Era, or who from today, would be better in the Attitude Era? Is, uh, how about you, Devin? What do you think? Anybody from today would be better in the Attitude Era? Um, well, first off, I honestly want to think about um, – I want to refer back to that last question because I, I want to put the two differences between the Jeff Hardy situation and uh, the women's clothing. This is uh, – in modern-day wrestling, it's now about PG or PG-13, whatever it is. They're trying to show kids the right thing to do. You can't have a bra and panties match trying to tear the other person's clothing off of them. They'll be teaching these kids to tear clothing off of each other. Or like the point of the Jeff Hardy incident was showing kids this is a bad thing. Like Jeff Hardy did a bad thing. You had Michael Cole on there saying that like, you know, literally that this is bad. So I feel like it's two different situations that you're trying to compare right there. But um, uh, you know what it is? And I wanted somebody to argue with me. Because it is a line. I, I don't know what's okay and what's not, what's crossed and what isn't. You, you made a very good point. Well, yeah. the thing is, if, uh, if you're exposing yourself, that's, that's considered immoral. You know? And a lot of times we expose people that break the law to try to, you know, it's just a, a, a different scale of which is worse. You know? So sometimes a lot of people's dirty laundry will get exposed when they break a, a rule or, or break the law. I mean, you saw how many people were watching the Johnny Depp stuff and they were talking about, well, about both, but again, I mean, that won't fly uh, nudity at all. Not on TV. That's is why it, we have cable now and streaming. Is it nudity coach? I mean, these women are still dressed the way they're dressed today. Uh, and so are gentlemen, by the way, because I'll tell you what, Elias looks like he is smuggling, or Ezekiel looks like he's smuggling plums in his uh, little shorts lately. I'm not just talking about women. Uh, these guys have their shirts off. They're wearing briefs out there in the middle of the ring. Uh, women are still dressed the way they're dressed. They may not be tearing their clothes off to win the match, but they're still dressed in a certain way. Yeah. I, I, girls are very different than guys when, when you're jacked up and you're in strength you really want to show off your body to the world whereas a girl you know they don't want to dress like that usually or go in bras like that uh but i see your point well last night on smackdown of course this will be a week now you had ronda rousey say to say to natalia i didn't notice you without your rack out i, I mean it still happens is what i'm getting at uh, anyway, but is, do you think there's anybody from the Attitude Era that, or from today's era, that would work out better in the Attitude Era? 
I don't know, but I don't know about workout better. But I was looking at the at the roster right now. I could see Carmella maybe back then, Good and answer. maybe Liv Morgan, just because they don't really give Liv Morgan enough time. I don't think she gets enough reps. But then when you talk about back then to now, I'd love to see Jacqueline and Beth Phoenix, and and now in in today's wrestling. So if I had to swap two for the other, that would be the two I'd I'd probably. I have to see swapped out. James, do you have anybody you're thinking of? Oh, yeah. Uh, Ty Conti and Paige Van Zandt. All ass, no talent. Oh, man. Boom, boom, bang, bang. Shots fired. <laughs> Mike? Nah. Well, I would love to see Alexa Bliss back then in a wrong <laughs> paintings match, but um, what about uh, Mandy Rose? Thank you. Yes. I've been waiting for that one. Friggin' Toxic Attraction is made for the Attitude Era. Come on, man. Yeah. It's all TNA. Yeah, Mandy, Mandy oh, was hotter blonde. I'm still liking this. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch NXT, so I can tell you. Oh, I love Toxic Attraction. I love Gigi Dolan. Yeah. You know, uh, formerly married to Darby Allen, right? Yeah. Yeah. How about that? All right. Anyway, I want to give my answer. I want to give okay, my answer. Josh. <laughs> now, this by far is the hottest, most beautiful, and articulate woman in wrestling right now, Penelope Ford. She needs to get back in the ring. That girl can go. And a legit badass. Yep. That, that yep. match where Penelope Ford and the bunny and the uh, the brawl. I'm mean, if. If there's ever a match to watch, th this this Penelope Ford wanted to hurt people. She was excited about getting hit with chairs and barbed wire or whatever. Was there tax in that match? I think there was tax in that match and everything. Yeah. I, I think I she fought on match. the all-in card, too. She fought an intergender match in the all-in card that first. Where the hell is she? Where is she lately? She's been uh, out, hurt, because Kip Sabian's out. He's the one wearing the box. So they they're married. Philadelphia, but she's actually not from there. Just uh. Well, shout out there. <laughs> you look her up. So, um, I do like Penelope Ford a lot. I, I wish her and the Bunny would get a, a rise to the top in AEW. Actually, there were there's some of the uh, originals there. I know they they did a lot of stuff before that, but it would be nice to see them get you know some uh, a nice push. Anybody else want to talk about who they thought from the Attitude Era? Who did I forget, Devin? Because I started with you and then you changed the subject. Uh, honestly, <laughs> the first person that came to my mind that would do well in the Attitude Era is uh. Someone who's kind of been off the scene right now, Lana, or formerly known as Lana, now CJ Perry, Miro's wife. My favorite Lana. Say. My favorite Lana is the Lana that was first out there, Russian, with the glasses, with a complete Russian accent. Ah, mm -hmm. I see. You know, you, you you can't talk about how beautiful these you have to talk about how beautiful these women are. You know, they're beautiful women. So no disrespect, they're just beautiful women. Yeah, she's making money off her looks. CJPerry.com. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> he married that handsome devil, Miro. I mean, what the Hey, hell? and he was a big guy. And, like, you know, he like she stoked him when he was a big guy. And now that he's thinned no. out, you know. But, yeah, shout out to her. You know, every Peter Griffin needs a Lois. So, shout out to her. <laughs> yeah, I, was, yeah. I, I could believe that was real life. Yeah. Like, all right. Hair all over him. I'm like, all right, there's hope. There's hope out there. Right? <laughs> All right, James. Uh, I think that's it for this match. It was more about talking about the, uh, the performers 
and yeah. about how different things are now than today. That's really what that was about. Well, and the evening gown is kind of more gimmicky, so it would be hard to pull off today because everybody would just be like, well, this is bullshit. Uh, you know, like, it's more respectful women's wrestling is now compared to, like, you know, it wouldn't fly over booked as a gown match. Everybody would be like, this is trash. Smut, as some would say. Ah. <laughs> But yeah, I think we've uh, exercised all we need to on the you know yeah. that match and everything about that. They totally disrespected Jacqueline, so I just I don't care about you talking about it. I love Jacqueline. I do. Yeah. I I think she's underrated. Mm-hmm. Don't you have a question? Just stretching out. You're real arm. <laughs> this is my treadmill right here. It looks like it was pretend. It looks like one of my oh. kids right now. <laughs> Anyway, uh, all right, go ahead, James. No, no, I think you're up. Uh, the uh, anybody got any topics they want to discuss? Yeah, come on, someone's got something to any say. Any excitement? I got a, I got a wrestling topic that we could touch on. Um, we were actually asked on uh, Twitter to talk about this, so uh, I just want to talk about the Vince McMahon saga that's going on right now. It's kind of been a. Uh, little insane everything that he's going through he's being charged uh accused of paying a woman three million dollars uh who was formerly working with him uh, i just think it's since i don't know i don't really know uh i don't know much about it because it's still just uh you know it's just talk but i don't know if any of you guys want to talk about it either listen we don't know a whole lot we don't know any of the specifics we just know that he's still coming out there twice now and saying absolutely nothing, really. But I guess what the problem that comes with this isn't so much that he hooked up with a young girl, because he uh, apparently him and, and and his wife haven't been together for a while. That's at least what we're hearing. But did the money that he used to pay this woman come out of WWE money or personal money? And I think that's what they're investigating. Because if he, he does have a board of directors to answer to. It's a public company. So if that happened, there's trouble. If not, I don't see it. I don't care. I, I really don't. Either way, he's still going to get cheered. I know I brought it up in the group chat, but I still think it's funny he paid her more than when he paid for WCW. <laughs> I don't know why I think that's funny. Yeah, that's great. Anybody else? Adam, how's your week, man? Man, all I do is work, man. It's been a busy week. It's been a busy two weeks. It's just hot. So uh, nothing special happened this week. Other than we celebrated my daughter's, you know, birthday last weekend at the at the campground. But other than that, man, she's been wide open. I wish I had more of an exciting thing to tell you about. Well, one thing we didn't talk about, guys, we, we did have a couple questions from this particular, uh, the people in this match. <laughs> I know we talked about it before the show that we were going to make sure we got to the questions. So let's make sure we get to them, all right? Ryan Lennox wants to know, crazy how Sable's married to Brock but is never in public or is mentioned. Uh, would I'm not mentioning her to uh, you know, kind of feel like he's gonna bust through my window and we're talking about it right now. <laughs> yeah, no freaking way. Brock Lesnar's wife, I don't think anybody wants to be throwing her name around. <laughs> is he the most intimidating guy in the world? I mean, probably is. so. <laughs> yeah, top five, no doubt. There's no way I'd but be, I wouldn't go anywhere. Besides, besides WWE TV, you don't see Brock anywhere so. True. I mean, he keeps to himself. You know, he he comes in, does his thing, goes home. Well, shout out to uh, 
DJ Ryan Lennox real quick. He's uh, originally from Governor and now lives in Philadelphia. He's a DJ. He used to work for ESPN. He's probably going to be the DJ for my wedding. Uh, thanks for asking that question. But if uh, I want to touch on that, uh, I think it's honestly insane that Brock Lesnar has been in the WWE or on our screens for 20 years now. They've never mentioned it one time that him and Sable are married. But. That's probably for his request or maybe WWE just says, I don't know how it ended with her, them and Sable, her and Sable, them and Sable particularly. But. Oh, it's true because there was litigation, but she came yeah, back after that. probably but. WWE that don't want to talk about her. Yeah. Now, he's a lot, she's a lot older than him, right? Yeah. Like more than seven, right? I, I think something like that. Cougar status. So yeah. he probably yeah. had a picture of her on the wall. You know, growing up, like, yeah, one day, one day. <laughs> and that day is the day. You know me? Brock Lesnar. You know? Yep. There we go. Um, another question by Frank Bruno. Top guy theater, Frank Bruno. Do you guys think Sable got, or do you think Sable got too big in her own head, which led to all the tension with WWE after? My opinion is she would have been nothing without her, without him. Well, we know this. Right? Mark Miro was the guy they were after, and she was just kind of there. Is that the way that JR explains it? JR from, uh, from yes. uh, Krill and JR? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, anybody want to touch on this? I, I agree. I think she made it too big in her head. I mean, she thought she was, I mean, she was something, but. She thought she, she was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Yeah. She thought she was Stone Cold Steve Austin, is what she thought. And I do agree that Vince McMahon saw something in her, and that's why she – it wasn't anything – I mean, I'm not saying she was nothing, but she got real obviously big from this because of him. Yeah. Right. I think if she I think if she would have put some more work into her ring work and mic skills, stuff like that, she could have became something. But is that what he wanted? Because he, they make it clear in this match that, that we've already yeah. killed to death. Yeah. That it's not a wrestling match. Sable you know? must pose. Right. <laughs> I agree. I agree, Frank. Without without WWE, I don't know if she would have been nothing, but she wouldn't have been that. True. Hundred percent. Thanks for the question, Frank. Yeah, thanks, Frank. Appreciate it. And congratulations on the good news, Frank. We don't there need to go. express it, but congratulations to Frank. He knows what's up, and a couple of us know what's up. But Frank, I am so proud of you, buddy. Make your dreams come true. So I heard Frank Bruno's rolling around with cash just throwing money at dealerships, buying chargers and all these other vehicles everywhere. Uh, don't trigger Brad now. <laughs> what are we talking about? Bruno. <laughs> Bruno's making all this money now. He's just going to dealerships, throwing money, paying cash for new chargers, buying houses and just giving them to people. That's just stuff that I heard. I don't know how true all of it is, but congratulations on Frank, man. Nice. Hey, he's a good guy. Good guy to root for, for sure. So I get a lot of DMs. I'm not kidding. I, I, I don't even know how these people even know who I am, but I get a lot of DMs about that I don't do uh, an F. Mary kill every week. And I'm not going to, okay? I'm not going to because you guys will be bored with it when it's all said and done. So we have to mix it up. So for all of you that don't, they're looking forward to the F. Mary kill every week, not this week, but we do have other stuff. I wanted to talk this week a little bit about pet peeves. I have three particular pet peeves. I'm going to do mine last though. What really bothers you? Now, we all have our things. Coach, what's one of your biggest pet peeves? Laziness. 
when 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 people don't listen or you know work to their potential and that that bothers me you know do, do the best you can at all times and i i don't like it when you got to keep asking somebody to do something and they don't do it so that's my pet peeve well as a teacher i can understand why you feel that way yeah it happens a lot so james what what <laughs> anything about me i mean pet peeves in general that bother you <laughs> uh i will say like let's say you're walking and like you're going to cross somebody and they get like right past you and they're like hey like say something like right when y'all walk past each other that annoys the piss out of me like i i used to be with this girl and uh lived in a house with like a hallway and i'll get all the way to the end of the hallway she's like oh, i hear her mumble something i turn back around and walk down the hallway oh what was that she just muttered some bullshit and then i get all the way back down the hallway again like, oh okay what's that again like that type of like talk to me if you see me talk to me but don't wait till i'm like walking away to fucking open your mouth and say something god it annoys the piss out of me when people do that nice i i, I got you one i got you one all right we got adam uh, so how about like whatever like say me and you or we were in a conversation you know me and one of you guys and we're talking about something and i started it off with like oh yeah well how about well never mind i'm not gonna talk about it if you're not going to talk about it, don't don't start the conversation. Just if you're going to tell me something and then you change your mind in the middle of it, it's going to drive me crazy. So if you say, never mind, I don't want to talk about it, don't say them words at all. Because if you say that, I'm going to ask you and keep asking you to, keep to, to tell me what it was you originally wanted to talk about because there's somebody special out there who likes to do that and it drives me up the wall when they do it. So I'm just like, don't, don't just start a conversation and go up, oh, never mind. And then, oh, it drives me insane. That's a huge pet peeve of mine. You know what's the funny part about it is it's going to come out anyway. Exactly. It's going to eventually happen. Right. So we're going to talk about it. We're absolutely going to talk about it. Devin, you look like you're excited. What do you got? Um, my biggest pet peeve, honestly, just um, it's about work. It's when uh, I come back to work. By having like a day off or a weekend off or something, and just one of my things is out of place, even if it's only like six inches to the side, and I know someone moved it or someone touched it. It's like, who used this? Why did they use it? What do they need it for? Like, who was in my space? Who was in my area? But I don't know. It's mainly that OCD, I think. I thought you were gonna say when people come over to your house unexpected. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Shout out oh. to grandma. Yeah. Yeah. You're over there making tuna steak, and you know. Yeah, grandma. That same grandma's the one that showed me the garbage pail movies. So shout out to her. Hey, did but, she listen to the episode, by the way? No, she did not. <laughs> can we can we, can we uh, play it for her? Get her on the phone? Uh <laughs> no, no, not right now. <laughs> Mike, you got anything? Um, slow drivers. Do that drive under the speed limit. Or if they have to stop completely to turn. Oh, like when you're yeah. driving down the road, I can't stand that. Like, just <laughs> why do you got to stop zero and then turn when it's, you know, there's no red light, there's no stop sign, there's no nothing. Just keep on driving, turn. I, I can't stand drivers. I, I hear you. I hear you on that. So I have three. I have three. I'll tell you one thing I can't stand I, I can't stand whistling. I can't stand when people try to whistle in my house with the dogs. I can't stand when someone's walking towards me at work and they're whistling. There's an agenda there. They're thinking something that they don't want to tell me. And they have the whistle on their way then, way there to distract 
to distract themselves from whatever bullshit they're about to say to me. I hate whistling. Can't can you just say, hey, what's up? Listen, if you're going to whistle as like you're whistling along to a song, okay, I'm fine with that. But this whistling to get someone's attention, this whistling when you're coming towards me, like, I came, by the way, I came and whistle. Maybe that's part of the problem too. Probably. But uh, I, it is, it, it kills me. Like someone whistled in my house the other day. I just said, that's it. Whistling is now banned. That's what I said. And then everybody was out of the room after I came back in with the dog. Power so play. That went well. Uh, second thing, uh, Christmas lights that are still up today in my neighborhood. What the fuck is going on here? It is, it is June. As we record right now, it is June 25th. June 25th. Are we just it's keeping it. them on to see what happens for Christmas in July? The laziness. The laziness that comes. There you go. Laziness. Uh, you know what? I, I Yeah. Right, full circle, right, Coach? Yeah. The laziness. And then, and then they leave their garbage cans out. The same people that throw the Christmas lights down, they leave their garbage out four days after the garbage already came. Listen, I'm not a neat freak in any way, but geez, take your damn lights down. Take your lights down. Third. Now, all right, we started this show. I take notes while I'm watching these matches. I'm in the living room. I'm doing this on my own time. I, I'm off Fridays from work. I'm at a car dealership. I'm off Fridays. Kids are usually, well, not anymore, but they're usually at school. Uh, my wife's at work, but she works from home. I have notes out. I have, I have like a TV tray. I'm watching TV. Right in front of the TV, asking me questions. Listen, I understand it's wrestling. I understand you don't care. I understand you don't take it seriously. But for the love of God, you see that I'm freaking writing shit down. Leave me alone. This match is four minutes. This match is four minutes. Two times longer than I can have sex. Four minutes. Pet peeves, man. Pet you got me beat. Maybe you should do that before you watch the match. <laughs> make, make it six minutes out of your day. There you go. So, yeah. I've been waiting to get that off my chest because uh, all that happened this week. Uh, I've been thinking about it. I even think I texted you guys. By the way, this week it's pet peeves. I think I wrote that no one responded, but that's why because all three things happened in like the same hour. Anyway, I got, I got one more good one. How about when you're driving down the road and then you know they there's a separate turning lane at a red light and they get into the turning lane and then as they get into the turning lane, then they turn their blinker on. Yeah. They do that all the time I, down here. I, I, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. I'm like, you know what? It's legal now. <laughs> in the turning lane, don't signal it afterwards, man. Come on now. I'm just trying to make up for it. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I'm just trying to make up for it. I know I screwed up. I know it, it's not. I know I didn't do the right thing. <laughs> but I, I, did, I did that today. That's right. <laughs> um, so on, uh, I got a uh, message on on Twitter, James, this is uh, Megan Nelson's friend, the one that was uh, wanted to jump on with us the other night. In the room. Uh, Mike Bober. Yeah. Shout out Mike Bober. Mike, yeah, he says to me, listen, I heard you're talking a lot of heat for all the, the cursing and the nonsense you're saying on the show. He goes, how about something easy like mayonnaise or uh, mayonnaise or whip. real mayonnaise or miracle whip? I said, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll shout that out. So I'm a, I'm a real mayonnaise guy. I don't think you like anything like that, do you, James? Uh, miracle whip. Oh, I know no, it's, no. I know it's not real mayonnaise or whatever, but <laughs> I like the tangy zip of Miracle Whip. Oh, you know, that's not even really uh, mayonnaise. They actually call it salad dressing. Yeah. Says it on the bottle. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like I mean, I like them both, but I'm not much of a mayo person. Shout out to Ranch, though, because that's like 90% mayo. <laughs> but 
Yeah. I, I'll do I'll go either way on this real mayo or miracle whoop. I'm by mayo. Mike, as a barbecue guy, you probably don't like any of that stuff, huh? I'm not no, I'm definitely not big on it. I'll eat a little bit. If I have like a sub or something like that, it's light mayonnaise. Just enough to coat it on there. That's it. We're going to tie up Mike on uh, Top Guy Weekend, make him eat a hot dog covered in mayonnaise, huh? <laughs> Coach? Oh, my God. Nope. Well, I wasn't allowed to have mayonnaise as a kid. Uh, okay. My parents, they wouldn't let any of that. They were kind of healthy people, and they were trying to groom me into some type of racehorse. So they wouldn't let me eat mayonnaise. But nowadays, I'll eat that up. But my trick is that new spicy mayonnaise. That is the bomb. It's regular mayonnaise with like this Asian sriracha. Mm-hmm. Woo, that's fine. Sriracha mayo, baby. That sounds good. It's bomb. Let's y'all good. try that. That Seven? mayo chub stuff? Get the fuck out of here with all of that. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> I'm a mayo chub fan. I'm, I'm a mayo <laughs> The Yankee bullshit, man. Of course you are. Do some crazy shit. I'm a mayonnaise <laughs> over Miracle Whip fan as well. Yeah. Uh, but... I love mayonnaise. It's probably the reason I'm a fat guy, but I put mayonnaise on everything. I'll dip my fries in that shit. That is also a Yankee thing. You oh, that's weird, too far. I, like, I, like, I prefer mayonnaise on Miracle Whip, but dipping fries or something in it is a little too much for me. Yeah, I, oh. Try it. I'll pass. Try it. Now, I'll do mayonnaise and like ketchup or something mixed, maybe, but not just straight mayonnaise. I can't do it. Oh. So give you some mayo chub. It's the same thing. You don't I have don't to know mix what that it. Is. Isn't that what's on a Big Mac? Mayo and... and That's and Thousand Mac? Island. Is it Thousand Island? Yeah. Oh, well, it's Big Mac sauce. The secret formula is out there, but, you know. I do like a Big Mac. I, I do. I don't care. I love McDonald's. Well, when they used to be Big Mac, now they're, what, like this fucking big? I can a big eat a Mac? Big Mac and a quarter pounder. No problem. And I'm not a big just, guy. Just I, get I, a McDouble. Just get a McDouble. That's just without the extra piece of bread in the middle. Now, are you talking about the double cheeseburger? So you were saying without the bread in the middle. Yeah, I, no. I, I don't want just the two burgers together. Yeah, it's called a McDouble. Yeah, I know. It's on the dollar menu with a, with a $5 oh, yeah. menu now, right? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> and, to our, uh, and to all our Twitter fans out there, we got a food question for you guys as well. Hit us up in Twitter. We'd like to know if you guys think that you should have ketchup on a hot dog or not. I know a lot of people are very, very anti-ketchup on a hot dog, and some people are pro-ketchup on a hot dog. Let us know on Twitter what you guys think. Yeah, if you're eight years old and you want ketchup on your hot dog, let us know. Devin, what did well, you call that? Mayo, mayo chup? <laughs> mayo chup, yeah. Okay, half that's what I'm talking about. I didn't know what that was. I've never heard of it. You get a chub if you want mayo? That white, that white goo. That's mayonnaise. I, I got a five. I got a five-year-old that likes ketchup on pizza. That's just so. that you gotta nip that shit in the bud right now. <laughs> I'm calling CPS right now. Tried. Who's, who's running this household, Mike? Ketchup with the cheese pizza. Get the fuck out of <laughs> here. Apparently she is. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> we did. I go through a big bottle of ketchup a week because of her. She's yeah, you know what? I'm not even ketchup. I'm not even eating in the same room as that person. <laughs> I'm taking my stuff upstairs. <laughs> Shout out to her, but <laughs> uh, let's get this back on track, buddy. What do you got? Are we ready for match deuce? Oh, oh, oh. Beep, 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 beep. Wrap it up.
Strap it up. <laughs> the second match on this uh, today's episode will be uh, Lita versus Trish from uh, Raw, July 24th, 2000. It is a strap match uh, emanating from the Frank Irwin Center in Austin, Texas. Hook them. Uh, match length of a minute 38. My Woo! goodness. <laughs> yeah. But the TV rating for the whole Raw episode, 6.2. That's pretty. That's a pretty big old one, you know. Back then, wasn't much. But nowadays, they kill that 6 rating on anything. All right. So this was the night after Fully Loaded. And if everybody watched this match, you saw the Raw Rewind, correct? So Raw Rewind, for those of you at home that don't know what that is, they would, it's just something they showed previously. And they showed the night before of Lita coming off the top, head scissors, DDTs onto men. And then this match happens the next night. So obviously Lita, uh, very athletic. Uh, If you know, it, like we keep saying over and over again, this is a different time, but you can't argue Lita's athleticism. So, when Lita comes out to the uh, comes out to the ring, Devin, what did you think of that g-string, pal? <laughs> um, I was uh, I wasn't expecting this question, <laughs> but <laughs> I asked because I wanted. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, her. Pants could have been pulled up a little bit farther. Oh Jesus! <laughs> that was she her style. Expressing her femininity. No, that's honestly part of the reason that uh, she got over with such the teenage crowd back in the Attitude Era. Was her G-string sticking halfway up her back? So, James, give me one line that King said in this. It could be offensive to women. What do you got written down? I know you got something. I got three of them. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> boy, a bunch of Lawler stuff really doesn't uh, age well with this post me too. Hell with that! It's funny as shit. <laughs> here, kitty, 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 here, kitty, kitty. Jerry uh, Lawler's wife. I love to see these girls run. These two girls can make jogging a spectator sport. That was a good one. Wow. Uh, Lita's about to lose her britches. I think that was Jr. I just thought it was funny here, britches. And uh. I know after the match, uh, JR says, Trish, come here. Let me rub your back. I'll put some snoring <laughs> on it. Because he cares. I got one more. Don't land on the puppies. Yeah. Yes. Ugh. Puppies were yes, very big in the Attitude Era. Uh, Jerry the Clink, King Lawler. <laughs> Oops, puppies. That was it. So, uh, so, Stephanie, so this match is uh, dominated by, by Lita. Lita's obviously the face, as you guys remember, uh, for those wrestling fans at home, face is good guy, heel is bad guy. Lita's the face, comes out very intense with the strap, pretty much beating the living shit out of Trish through the whole thing. However, we have a Stephanie McMahon running, and Stephanie McMahon is the champion. The ref is down. Lita gets, or forces Lita, or distracts, but Lita still... She's distracted, but she still manages the clothesline, Trish. So, however, we know that Trish does win this match because of the interference. Now, last week we talked about Mula. We're going to talk about her a little bit in the next match. Who is the best heel out of the Attitude Era as far as women? And is it Stephanie McMahon? It is. She's I one agree. of the best heels ever. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah. Even now, she comes out. She's she's a heel <laughs> now when she comes out. So. Yeah, she and she looks so young here, and you know she wasn't. She's a very beautiful woman, but she's not. She doesn't present herself the same as these other uh, female wrestlers. But she still, she uh, definitely got a reaction from the crowd. Now, what happened here, Devin, with this? Stephanie goes to hit Lita with the belt, <laughs> and apparently hits her. Did did she Mr. hit her? Mister, God no, Mr. she Mom. missed by a foot. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think Lita honestly should have just ducked it, got back up. She's uh, flexible enough to go uh, on her what's it called when you put your hands behind your head, do that like crouch thing. She's flexible enough to get back up and let let Stephanie hit her again. So the point is this uh, again: a strap match. Here you have Trish Stratus, you have Lita, two incredible. Just incredible athletes that, uh, as we move forward in this women's uh, dive that we're doing, there's going to be better matches. Was there a better match, Devin, than this one that we missed, maybe? Uh, later, there's a much better one. Once we get into the you know, Ruthless Aggression era, we see uh, Lita and Trish, main event Monday Night Raw. Exactly. So, it, it again, we're talking about the times here. This was fun for what it – I don't even know if it was really fun. It was a minute and a half between Trish and Lita. Coach, what did you think of the match? Uh, it got pretty physical at the beginning, you know, when they were outside the ring. Uh, but no, it didn't do anything for me. Uh, I like Lita, but I've grown not to like Lita because of the whole Matt Hardy situation. I like Matt Hardy. So I guess I'm a mark because of what, uh, you know, that whole thing. I like uh, Hardy, so... I found myself rooting for Trish, and she had definitely had a good look. She definitely had him on stilts that night. Adam, when you're told you have a minute and a half in a match to perform, what do you? What is your game plan as an in-ring performer? Uh, hip toss, arm drag, drop kick, powder, come in, distract, pin. That's really about it. Is there anything else they could have done in the amount of time they were given to to, to do better? Well, they could have cut out the whole pulling the clothes off and did one or two more matches, one or two more moves. But, I mean, you can't do anything in that. You can't – you have to have some kind of build-up. And it was just a spectacle thing with the straps. And I just – it's just disrespectful all around. I understand what you're saying about the, the clothes off. That wasn't their idea, right? I mean, she pulled Trish's top off in the first 20 seconds. Yeah, right away. And it was just – you, there's no they're trying to build up or anything. You got to have at least four or five minutes to build up a decent match. So earlier in the night, actually, Stephanie and Shane McMahon tagged together for the first ever brother and sister match, and uh, they were going against Lita and I believe Test, who turned, who like uh, turned on Lita and just allowed Lita get to get beat up. But and Trish came out and she tore Lita's shirt off and pull the strap off of her own chest and whip the crap out of Lita. So I think Lita tearing Trisha's shirt off was kind of retribution for an hour before in the show. Devin, I appreciate that, because not all of us are watching the entire show, and if we did watch Deep it, died. we Deep watched died. it a while ago. If you know what I mean. We watched it a while ago. Mike, why was... Um, Devin brought this up to me off, off air. Why do you think Trish was the better heel than Lita? Uh, I don't know. I think... I mean, she made a good heel, but 
I, don't, I can't. I disagree with that because what about when Lita was with Edge? I mean, in this maybe this she not a good. Oh well, in this area because she was. I mean, part of the Hardy Boys type deal. So, I mean, that's been what's the only reason why. But I'll, I can't say a better heel. Trish, I have a better theory. I have a yeah, theory. Go ahead. I, I think Stratus is a better, excuse B word, a, a better B word. She has that bratty kind of you know, bravado and mentality in the way she speaks. Lita, you know, she's getting people fired up. Uh, she does have a heel. She did have a heel run at one point or another, but at that point, they needed somebody that was, you know, thought her shit didn't stink. Lita couldn't pull that off. I'm going to ask each of you, who did you prefer and for what reasons? James, Lita, or Trish? And this era. That's tough. Uh, so this is pre, yeah, this is pre the live sex show and all that stuff. So I would say at this specific time, probably Lita. But as time went on, Trish is awesome, man. Like she aged well for sure. No, she did. I prefer the Lita over the Trish because only because of her being more of an athlete. Because Lita went through. If you get a chance to listen to what she went through as far as training, and she gave everything for, for wrestling. So I just have a ton of respect for her because she, she went to Mexico and just lived off people just so she could learn to wrestle, just so, just so she could be in the business. And she's just an all-around better athlete in my eyes, so I just prefer Trish over Lita, just for, or Lita over Trish for that aspect. Mike? Uh, I'm kind of going by Adam, but I'm going to go with Trish because she came in as a model and worked her way into wrestling. And she trained for it. She worked hard to become a wrestler. So I had to give her a lot of respect for that. Like, she didn't just come in just to be eye candy like a lot of the other ones did. She came in wanting to be a wrestler, knowing she had to be eye candy to begin with and work her way in there. I like them both, but I have to get that one to Tris. Kevin? Uh, honestly, I'm going to go with Trish. Uh, being born in 1997, I was about five years old when Trish was coming into her all, and she was one of my first crushes growing up. So Trish will always have the nod for me. Coach? You want me to do the mentality of back then, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, back then I broke it down into two categories. Are you hot or are you sexy? And I always chose sexy back then. And Lita with those tattoos and the way she wore those pants. Because, I mean, girls never did that. We used to wear our pants like that back in the day. And we, I mean, but to see a girl do that, it's like, shit, she's, she's confident. That's a bad B word. <laughs> no, you're absolutely, uh, you see me and you, we're so close in age, coach. And- when Trish came into the scene, and, and JR says this a lot on Grill and JR, she was different. Uh, we, we, all right, so now everybody has tattoos, okay? Everybody. It's, it's nothing special anymore. Back then, it was unique. And she was very unique with her different color hair, her tattoos, her look. She, to me, as a kid, I, I, I wasn't a kid. I was like early 20s, but she was a, or late teens. She was a badass too. Like just someone that, Look, they're all unachievable. All right. All these women are unachievable to me. All right. I, I get it. But she felt really 
Like I really couldn't, she was too cool for me, you know? Like, and that's how I felt about her. So yes, I'm a, I'm Lita. Uh, just because I thought she was sexy and different and, and then just the way she wore that freaking G-string, man. I'm sorry. It's just the way she wore that G-string. It's, that just, that stuff doesn't get out of your head. And I still think she's sexy. Still think she's sexy, by the way. Talking about being like no one else, Lita took a chair shot to the head from Stone Cold Steve Austin that was like no other that I've ever seen before. Ah, chair shots right. to the head. Thank God we're not doing that anymore. But <laughs> yeah, you're right. She's she was tough too. And and just that we saw we talked about the raw rewind uh, because that and, and just the, her off the top rope. She was very athletic. She she knew uh, she knew what she was doing in the ring. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what did the tally come out to? I was Trish. You were you were Trish, Coach. And then we had what? Was it three three? I think so. Yeah, before I lead over Trish. All right, so uh, tiebreaker out there on Twitter, everybody, okay? <laughs> Let us know who your favorite was of Trish and Lita. Circa July 24th, 2000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, anybody have anything else on this match? There wasn't much to it. We really just want to, uh, folks at home, we just really want to talk about uh, the performers. And you can't talk about the Attitude Era without these two women. You know, and like we just said before, we're about Sable and Jacqueline. And we're going to get to our next match soon, but that's really what it was about. And about... Mike, I wanted to go to you actually before we we move on because I wanted you to talk about how how times have changed. Well, I mean, this right here is a good example because right here we're getting strap matches. We're getting, you know, the evening gown match, raw and panties match. We had pillow fights and everything else. Now we're getting the women in there in a Hell in a Cell or a Elimination Chamber we have the women's Royal Rumble. So, I mean, it. there's a big difference there. They're treating them more like the men now, you know, and give them the time, give them like the time of day to go out there and show them what they can do. And they're proving it every single time. Awesome. Thunder Rosa and Britt too. Don't forget that match. That, that yes. The that, bloody, you know, they both got real bloody and stuff. They, Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I mean, so they're going out there and doing everything just as good, if not better, than some of the male wrestlers. We definitely have decisions to make on what we're going to talk about in the fourth part of our series, because there's a lot of stuff in this women's revolution. That, I mean, it, it's there's just so many incredible matches, main eventing, WrestleMania. Uh, to, to come from where they are now and to then, and you, and you know, there's also what we're going to talk about. There's actually a women's, a women's pay-per-view that happened in WWE, and in an NWA. There's plenty to talk about with the way things have improved, but Trish and Lita are, are great performers, and they're, they're just a victim of the time, is what I think. So, uh, I think we're good on this match, James, if um, we can kick it back to you. Yeah, I uh, believe we've uh, exacerbated all we can off of that, and uh, wondering if, uh, if anybody, anybody got a topic they would like to touch on. You know, Devin, you got anything? Brad? Lines, James, maybe I'll just name people, huh? And then we can just kick <laughs> it to them specifically. <laughs> Anybody got anything uh, special? I got Devin's demographic of the week. Oh, first. we're going to mix it up here. Oh, boy. <laughs> Cross that off the bottom. Well, no one was uh, no one was buttoning in, so I can touch I on this. Appreciate. I appreciate it. Um, Coach kind of mentioned... Two uh, two people who are currently injured for all elite wrestling right now. 
Kip Sabian and his wife Penelope Ford. So I've kind of taken it upon myself to make a list of all the AEW injuries because it's kind of ridiculous, ridiculous list right now. And they're still putting out great shows every week, in my opinion, with with uh, with all these people out. There's CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Red Velvet, Anthony Bowens of the Acclaimed, Darius Martin, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, Layla Hirsch, Kenny Omega, Jungle Boy just recently got injured, Matt Hardy's currently out, Buddy Matthews, the TNT champion Scorpio Sky is injured, Hikaru Shida, Lee Johnson, um, two New Japan wrestlers that they were bringing in for this Forbidden Door pay-per-view, Kota Ibushi and Humoro Takahashi. They're both currently injured as well. And also, we just recently had Jeff Hardy arrested. So I think it's honestly, uh, it's insane that AEW is still uh, putting out great shows like they have been each week. And I think Ishii is out of the match too, the four-way match for the All-Atlantic all, uh, title. I think he's been replaced by somebody. He's out, yep. He's out. What wow. they call the Bulldog from Japan? We're actually, uh, we're recording the day of the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, so that hasn't happened yet, but um, that should be an exciting pay-per-view tonight for sure. And um, I can't yeah. believe, insert name here, won the belt. We'll come back <laughs> later, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Does Hangman have a chance tonight in the four-way? I don't think so. I think, I, know way, I think four-way matches are stupid. I really do. Wouldn't it be really something if all the AEW wrestlers won tonight? And I was kind of wondering if that's uh, if that's how it's going to go. If he pulls a Vince McMahon tonight? <laughs> I, uh, I don't yeah. know. I mean, does anybody – I mean, look, this already happened. You guys know. Does anybody think Moxley doesn't, doesn't win? Yeah. <laughs> not really. I, There's no I, chance I, that he does not have the belt at the end of the match. There's no anyway, chance. Uh, message you guys yeah. early. And, like, and, soon- and then Punk's going to be out next week, and he'll get it back. He yeah. might even be back tonight, CM Punk, to Is close he, the I, show. I, I, I didn't have a time frame on what him. About, uh, what about the, the bitch boy, uh, Omega? <laughs> I yeah, bet he comes back know. tonight. Well, know. next time we record, we'll yeah. definitely <laughs> be touching <laughs> back on this. I'm going to sound like a big jackass by the time this airs. <laughs> well, thank you, Debbie. Yeah, injuries are a big part of this of this uh, entertainment, this sport. A lot of changes on the fly. That's why Bruce Prichard can never record. Bruce Prichard from something to wrestle with because he is one of the head dudes over at WWE. Hard subject to change. Shout out to Bruce who just had shoulder too. surgery. Bruce, get well. You got uh, you're now the uh, director of uh, personnel, I believe. Whatever Johnny Laurinaitis's position. Congratulations, AFS. Now Bruce. Double J, WWE, watch out. Things are going to change. Bruce had time for shoulder surgery? Yeah, torn rotator cuff. Oh, they, they gave him six hours. <laughs> hey, guys, we got him ask- doped up and recorded an episode, Conrad. Come on, man. <laughs> we did have a question about uh, some of the workers in these matches uh, from uh, C.E. Prather, a.k.a. Eddie Prather. Pass, oh, hard pass. All three probably. <laughs> were the best three in-ring workers that the WWE had at the time. I know people will say Lita and Trish had charisma, but I believe those two were not nearly as good in-ring workers as Molly, Holly, Ivory, or Victoria. Uh, we are going to talk a little more about Ivory. I'm going to mention Ivory in the next match. Um, do you have anything about Victoria there, Devin? Yeah. 
uh, Victoria. She's she's one of the greatest women's wrestlers of uh, the Ruthless Aggression era, I believe. Right. She uh, First time she was in WWE was in the year 2000. She was one of the Godfathers. Uh, at the time, they were called his hoes who came out with him. Um, like how you tiptoed around that one, Fred Astaire. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, say the B word. Yeah. But so she, hey, everybody dubbed the hoe train. Everybody oh, dubbed yeah. the hoe train. She First developed team. herself, though. Victoria. <laughs> she became one of the best women's wrestlers, like I said. Um, eventually, in 2002, she had a feud with Trish Stratus in that uh, Survivor Series. She won the women's championship in a no disqualification match. And that was her first time winning the title. And after that, her uh, her career kind of skyrocketed, having WrestleMania victories over Molly Holly, a couple others. And again, I would consider them more, I know they started in the Attitude Era, but I would consider them more ruthless aggression. Uh, that's where they excel. We wanted to mention them though, because they did start in this era. So thank you for that question, Eddie. And then from Ranners Nation Network, who is our good buddy, RJ, he said the same thing. Where would you rank like some Molly Holly and Victoria and Ivory during this era? To me, they are three of the most underrated and overlooked women wrestlers ever. I'm just going to go out and say, I, I, I do I agree, uh, RJ. I just think that they were more ruthless aggression when they really came into their own uh, as champions with their big matches. It was after 02. We're calling it after 02 for ruthless aggression just because that's when John Cena named it. <laughs> so we're going right, yeah. We really it's appreciate John Cena's fault. All the questions, though, and uh, keep them coming because it's fun to be interactive with uh, the fans and all of our friends on the show. I uh, I do have a question. Okay. Devin, you went from drinking a beer and now you're drinking one of those fucking punk-ass Pepsi Nitro things? Like, did you just drink yeah. one Miller Lite for the taste? Like, who does that? No, I that think was alcoholics my drink beer for the taste. I'll go on record and say that. that I may drink heavily, but I don't do it for like, oh, my God, this natural light, which is the best tasting beer, actually. But it's not like I drink it for, you know, the taste. That was my third Miller Lite, and I thought that I was going to switch to Nitro Pepsi for the rest of the show. I ended up uh, opening the can and pouring it all over my desk, though. So there's that. I tell you something. Shout out. Shout out. (laughs) I'm glad you didn't knock over that Sammy Guevara figure. I agree with the three-beer rule. Uh, Three beers in the afternoon. You're just setting yourself up for a different kind of day after that or not. Uh, I haven't had dinner yet. I don't know. I can't have too many rookies. More. Honest to God, I had dinner at 450. Get a little more self-hate and you'll be <laughs> pound beers. My wife says there's no way you're going up there without eating before you drink those beers. That you <laughs> so she whipped up something like in minutes. And I'm like, all right, I'll do it. What'd you eat, Brad? It was uh short rib, she called it, potatoes. Nice. I'm like, I, I, I never ate something so fast in my life. I, because it was it was 450. Look at Brad stealing segments. I Brad's don't know. I, I, think you, I think you <laughs> may have eaten a couple of things quicker than that before. Hey, no, I take forever on that because I don't know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's when hey, I, man, you just got to keep trying. You're bound to hit it. <laughs> just keep trying. Are you good? Oh, all right. <laughs> Yeah, but, over here. <laughs> that's not it. As you're talking about. Well, to quote our good buddy RJ, we are in the weeds. <laughs> Coach, you have something to talk about before our next match, and I think it's a great idea. Coach is going to talk to us a little bit about Y2K, which was a really big deal at this time. Yeah. Uh, year 2000, turn of the century. Uh, Brad and I were in our early 20s mid-20s 
that was a very unsure time for a lot of people, especially people our age that might have just graduated college that, you know, we were learning technology like everybody else at that time. But uh, Y2K was at the turn of the century at uh, the flip to 2000. They thought that there was going to be a major breakdown in the computer systems, the power grid systems, the dam systems and everything. Um, they, every company invested in some software, but if you were alive at midnight, 2000, I think all of us were, uh, where were you and what were you guys thinking about? Cause I think, uh, you know, James and Adam and Mike, you guys were old enough to at least, you know, had some kind of comprehension of it. Go ahead. What do you guys think? I think I passed out somewhere. <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> I was probably drunk somewhere. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> you were I like a maven at my grandparents. The big issue know. was like with computer. Uh, uh, then I wasn't paying attention. I didn't care. Yeah, they gave uh, they gave two digits for the year, so everybody was worried that if you put zero zero as those two digits, it would just shut down everything. That was right. the main concern. I was going to shut down the whole grid and everything. Yeah. I but were was you a junior in high school when it happened? And you were three, Devin. I was two. I've uh. I asked my dad about this, though, and he said that I was at my grandparents' house, and he was out partying with my mom, so. Good thing you're only two. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> with the grandma. They were at grandma's house. Right. right. Got it now. <laughs> it's the same I'm grandma as well. Shout out to the coach. Grandma. I don't think I was one bit worried about it. There was a lot of people worried about it. I, I did. It just seemed so stupid, didn't it? Like, that this actually could shut down America? I knew people yeah. that were buying, like, those big-ass cans of beans and, like, shit like that. And, like, yeah. pretty much, like, nuclear bunker style getting ready for it. Yeah. And I read up on it a little bit. The, the United States invested or wasted so much money on updating everything. European countries didn't do anything and nothing happened. So it was pretty much not a hoax, but a hypothesis that didn't test out well. And you know what's funny, though, Coach? You bring that – you compare it to today – None of us thought we'd be shut down for two years for a pandemic. No, that's crazy. I actually that was is... laughing at my daughter, explained what my, her biology teacher told her. I'm like, yeah, okay, we'll be fine, sweetheart. All right, <laughs> we're all going to be fine. All of a sudden, every college in America is shutting down. So, and then, you know, little by little, the world shut down. So, yeah, I mean, you know, now looking at it that way, anything could happen, right? Tune in 20 years from now when the kickout crew covers COVID. Here in <laughs> <Right>? 42. <laughs> oh boy, boy, boy. Y2K, not to be not to be confused with Y2J, Chris Jericho. Break the wall down. But at the same time, he was using that. Uh, yeah. for those of you at home, as a countdown to when he was coming into the WWE, which was actually so well done. And uh, go ahead, James. Biggest pop in raw history. <laughs> right out where. And just a shout out I, to my wife. <laughs> Just a shout out to my wife, Lynette. We were married in the year 2000. So, Lynette, that was a very special year. Love you. Aw. Hey, that sounds yeah. very lovely. Very lovely. Yeah, marriage right. must be cool. I hear that exists. <laughs> Love and stuff. I hear about it. Yeah, but I don't think I would be married today. Okay. I mean, not saying that marriage is bad, <laughs> but this is a different world. I mean, in in 1990s, you know, girls 
and boys, they were looking for marriage. A lot of people are independent nowadays. A lot of people are putting their careers first and stuff like that. Um, and, and sometimes people just don't want to be tied down. So, you know, shout out to anybody out there that stays married in 2022. Big props to you because a lot of uh, marriages aren't doing very well. So thank you. There's only one girl I marry, uh, Pam Beasley. I told her I'd give her a shout out on this uh, episode. Uh, not the character from The Office, but it's a, a nickname <laughs> that I call uh, a special lady in my life. So uh, I know you're listening. Shout out. Future right. wife. That's the only woman I would marry straight up. Like not it. to break any of our fans' hearts, I know. But uh, yeah. If, if we're going that route, then a shout out to the same lady in my on my side of town. I thought we were talking about that. Or <laughs> not. We're giving shout out to ladies. Shout out to my fiance Erica, who's got COVID right now. Oh, I know like that, COVID D. Shout out to my wife. Hey, I guess we're doing that. <laughs> she doesn't even have a name. She, Brad doesn't even name his wife. Thanks, yeah, thanks Deb. Thanks for letting me sit up here with these two, these four assholes, five assholes. Hey, Brad, between me and you, I sent your wife a friend's request on Facebook. So if she says, "Who's this Josh Rosenbaum guy?" You know, that was me. Well, the thing is, she knows she knows Coach Rosie. So okay. Might be some confusion. Just tell her it's Mike, ISIS and the, the decline it. Like, oh, I like how fake. Mike hasn't said a word about his wife or anything. He's Benny. Benny. I'm not married. I got baby daddies. I got baby mamas. That's it. That's all eight baby mamas. mamas. <laughs> a woman that's on a Dude. With you. That's way, way, way bigger of a deal than being married. Exactly. That's what I said. We got, we got a mortgage. We got kids. We got this. Yeah. We, don't yeah. need, we don't need to get married. What I'm going to say, married married for? you got nothing. Out. It doesn't matter now. You're mortgaged up and kidded up. Right. You're, you're exactly. I don't. I don't need to get married. Gambling somebody half your shit. Who you stay on? together forever. Who are you waiting on, Mike? Exactly. Who's knocking on the door that you're waiting on? Nobody. I just don't. We got to go. We got to go to the courthouse and sign those papers. <laughs> That's my problem. Let's you get can this probably do it virtual now. Next week. Let's get this done by next week. <laughs> yeah, episode okay. 20. I'm, I'm sure she'll listen to this episode. I'm but hey, married. Okay, you're married by next episode. Let's, yeah, hey, let's you wanted a bonus. You keep talking about having a bonus episode. Talk about that. One of us officiates. The other four are your groomsmen. You get married here. Talk about a bonus show. That would yeah, melt. Do it on Zoom. I got a jacket, and I have a tuxedo T-shirt. <laughs> James, get officiated. We got to do this. Thanks, y'all. Because I, uh, I was actually the ring bearer at a, a wedding when I was right before I moved here, so like five years ago, and uh, I wore a tuxedo T-shirt because the groom was like, "Yeah, man, wear a tuxedo T-shirt. It'll be awesome." Because you know, a ring bearer is usually like a three-year-old girl like walks out there with you know that's why, that's, bows that's and weird. bullshit. But yeah, I wore a tuxedo T-shirt and uh. The girl he was marrying was a uh, military uh, child, so like the whole family was there, professional, dressed up, blah blah. And there's me in a fucking tuxedo t-shirt, and I'm the only person underdressed there. So the, everybody's just staring at me, and I was like, "Dude, you got to let them know, like you told me to do this, please." Like they are giving me the evil eye. So yeah, he had to be like, "Oh, it was a joke. We had James, yo, wear the tuxedo t-shirt. This is a joke. This was planned. He didn't just show up like this." Because it was, I was getting some nasty looks, and I was like, "Dude, you got to say something." Military people yeah. didn't expect it to go there, guys. <laughs> no pressure, Mike. No pressure. Sorry. Hey, she she knows I love her. I'm 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 in it for the winning. But it's all that matters, brother. Right. All right. Uh, 
Like, good job on that, Coach. Uh, James, you have a, we want to talk about maybe something else, match three? I think we do. <laughs> and my goodness, is this one a doozy. It is going to round out uh, today's episode on the match side of things. But um, it is Jeff Jarrett versus China in the good housekeeping intergender intercontinental title match. Whew. From uh, No Mercy, 1999. October 17th of 1999, to be specific. It's uh, hailing from the Gunda Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. Lord knows there's only good things come out of Cleveland, like uh, Browns. I'll put it that way. Uh, <laughs> the attendance was 18,742. Match length wow. of 837. Meltzer gave it three and a quarter stars. And fuck LeBron James. And uh, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, Mike, you have a build-up for this match, don't you? Yes, I do. Actually, um, this one right here started when uh, Jeff Jarrett did a open challenge for his IC belt. And uh, China came out there and signed the contract. And it started a thing with her and Billy Gunn, because Billy Gunn was going to sign the contract. China signed it before them. So... What th that led to China and Billy Gunn um, having a match together, which China would, would pick up their victory on that one. Um, Jeff Jarrett would go on then, and that's when he would start his whole women belong in the kitchen, not in the ring, you know, all that type stuff. And he would start hitting people, you know, hitting women. Like he would go out after women, hitting with guitars, figure fours, all that good stuff. Um, let's see. They would go on to face off at Unforgiven, but then there was a screw job with our good friend uh, Tom Pritchard, which ended up making um, he would reverse the decision. China won the match on that match, but Tom would reverse it, so Jarrett would leave with the belt. Um, Jarrett would still go on attacking women, doing what he had to do, and um, that's what led to a good housekeeping match. He kept saying, you know, women belong in the kitchen, barefoot in the kitchen, and not in the ring. And China stood up for the women. Great job, Mike. Uh, a couple things I want to talk about before the match, because I turned this thing on when it was just started. You guys already mentioned it, but I have to bring it up again. The Godfather and the Hose come out first match of the night. All I have to say is this. Welcome to the Attitude Era. I, I, I cannot even believe it. Hey, Kamala didn't make the Hall of Fame, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> the Godfather was the one that was inducted, so it just goes so, to show. We, you know, we obviously listen to a lot of podcasts, and we do a lot of, we, we know a lot about what, what happened back then because of what we've listened to. Just so everybody at home knows, they used to go to gentlemen's clubs and pay these women to come on the show. That is a fact. That, that actually happened. Welcome to the Attitude Era. Yeah, yeah they, he'd come out there with the hose, and then he'd talk about rolling fatties and all that stuff. Like, they, were, mm -hmm. they, were really they were real exotic games, but I'm, I mean, real deal. Uh, and if you go to Vegas, if you go to Vegas, he, uh, he still today, shoot, uh, he runs Sapphire's uh, Gentleman's Club. Yeah, I saw that. He seems like one of the coolest guys in the world. He does. He'll be a StarCast. Uh, yeah, I will not be. Uh, <laughs> I have to save up for Top Guy, you know? Anyway, um, um, there it is. And Two. crashing Devin's wedding. So the, there was actually a woman's championship on this, on this card. Ivory yes. 
versus the Fabulous Moolah. Now, for those of you keeping score at home, yes, we talked about the Fabulous Moolah from 1982 and 1986. This is now 1999. 13 years later, she is 75 years old. <laughs> 75 and, years old. How, how old is Drake Flair? Woo! 72. Not quite 75, right? Or whatever I just said. Yeah. Anyway, she wins. Moolah wins a match with the help of the bump machine, Mae Young, who is just getting knocked around <laughs> the entire And she's actually older than Mola, from what I see. I, I don't know. I just had to mention it because we uh, definitely talked about both of them on the last show. So, yes, Mula won the championship match. It was not a good match. Ivory looked absolutely tremendous. Abs on top of abs on top of abs. And then King said when Mae Young and Mula came out, I have to have to quote the King here, James. What is it, Halloween? Because <laughs> <laughs> she looked like a grandma 13 years ago. Oh, I'd love to see Ivory nowadays in, in this version of the women's, you know, the women's revolution. I'd love to see Ivory right now. She was such an amazing athlete. She, she was in the Royal Rumble. I think she still looks great, too. I agree. She would look, she, she was legit. And then the thing is, she like we talked about last episode, she started on Glow. So, definitely evolved uh, into something very special. So, Jared versus China. Jared is with Miss Kitty. Wow. Kitty. Hey, kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> JR or uh, King was saying. Hey, kitty, 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 kitty. That's life, right? That's, that's, that's uh, oh, the life, life yeah. of Jer Jerry the King. Kitty. Yes. And he married her. Yeah, he married her. Uh, so I have to, you have to at least mention this part of it too. This was Jeff Jarrett's last night in WWE. I know this is, we're talking about the women here. Right. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Mike, did you want to talk about that? No, he Not put a gun in Vince McMahon's chest. Sure. Like, pay me, motherfucker. No, I'm yeah, going to blow his exactly goddamn head off. So, and then, you know. Jeff Jarrett walked into the building. He did not have a contract. He said, I am not, I am not by any means going to give up my championship to a woman no doubt, unless you give me all my money tonight. He pulls out a gun. Vince McMahon took $150,000 out of his pocket and said, please, 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 Jeff, I need you to wrestle this last match tonight. And Jared thought about it long and hard and said, I'll think about it, and then got 300000 out of it. Now we all know that's not true. We've listened to Jeff Jarrett now. <laughs> so the joke is this. It was Jeff Jarrett did not have a contract coming into tonight, this night, and he – had a meeting with Vince McMahon. Jeff has spoke about this, that he needs paid before he goes out there. And they worked out an agreement. They actually, we don't know the exact dollar amount. I think Jeff has said it here and there, like a little bit, but never really an exact. They paid it out of the Gundarina account to him, which is genius, <laughs> absolutely genius. It came out of the, basically the proceeds of the night as a check from the Gundarina, paid Jeff, and Jeff uh, did the, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go through the match. This was his last night there, and he got paid before he went out with China and wrestled this match. It is, he is a genius businessman, Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> that he was able to pull this off. Uh, yes, there was a video package before the match. Uh, Tom Pritchard was in it. I, I wanted to just give a quick shout-out to him. I also wanted to give a shout-out to Miss Kitty because that was a hell of an ass shot. <laughs> Everybody see that? Yes. Because yes, even awesome. I think, was getting ready to marry the woman. So, whoa! Like he had never seen it before. A lot of that video package does not age well at all. <laughs> at all. And again, like we keep saying, we're talking about a different time in a, you know, an era. 
That was very it's different. A different time. <laughs> uh, China came out to the DX entrance, and she is called the ninth wonder of the world. Devin, as someone who was not born while he was alive, who is the eighth wonder of the world, my man? Andre the Giant. <laughs> very good. I am so proud of you. Oh, thanks. So, did Adam, did this actually need to be a gimmick match? Did this have to be a good housekeeping match? It's funny because I put it in my notes. I said, oh, I, can, I cannot I stand. I cannot stand gimmick matches when there's a title on the line. <laughs> I can't stand it. I hate it. And I almost turned the match off. But I wanted, I wanted to watch it because it was China. And I'm, she's such an amazing shape here. But I just hate my number, number two line. I hate these gimmick matches, especially for the Intercontinental Championship. But did it make sense because of the buildup? It should have been for it shouldn't have been for the title if they're going to do the buildup like this, because it almost made it seem like the Intercontinental title was secondary to the good housekeeping part. All right. I don't know if I agree with that because I, I feel that they they built this up as that she's a woman and that she belongs in the kitchen. So she needed to overcome. And we knew this, that Jeff was leaving. So what do you think they should have done differently? That, they should, had a better they finish. They just gave her the belt, the belt to begin with. I'll get to that, Coach. You, you hang tight, buddy. You <laughs> hang tight. Don't you ruin that finish yet, pal. Sorry, Adam. It, it just, it just kind of felt you. like either pulling away from one or the other. Don't do them both at the same time. Because the title, Intercontinental title, if we're going to do this, this big China's the first woman to win the Intercontinental title, it should have just been held on a bigger platform, bigger, a bigger pedestal. She wins it with no kind of special help from weapons or anything like that. It should have just been her beating Jeff Jarrett one-on-one to make it more special. Okay. That's just my opinion. No, well, you're one man and you're an increasing performer, and we appreciate that. Now, Mike, do we think China is believable enough? Now, listen, we don't mean this in a sexist way, but men are built differently than women. We know that. Is China believable enough to pull off a victory against a man? Yes. <clears throat> like, I, like, I don't agree with a lot of the man versus women matches, depending on who it is. But somebody like China, yeah, she can go out there and she can do her thing. And she learned she learned how to do her thing out there too. She wasn't the greatest worker, but she had the it factor. Mm -hmm. So Jerry takes a lot of punishment in this match from a lot of the household items. Devin, was there anything in particular that you felt was what was your favorite household item in this match? Uh, my favorite one used was the coffee. You know, like the we pulled out like the coffee pot and was trying to hit him with that. I thought that was kind of funny, but she hit she hit him with that pan two or three times hard as hell. Mm -hmm. yeah. that. She smacked the shit out of him with it. You, do you think that was a Vincent Man thing? Saying, "Hey, this bitch just kind of got me for my money. Just make sure you sock him one or two <laughs> good times." <laughs> I mean, smoke this and motherfucker he... with that uh, pan. <laughs> so then that brings me to something else, Coach. Jeff Jarrett took a pie to the face and sold it like he took a mm. pie to the face. Is that cheap in the match to you? First of all, the, the pie looked like it had flour in it. 
it wasn't like a whipped cream pie. It was a weird kind of pie. You know, uh, I thought the best uh, household item was the sausage or the salami. I forgot the line that somebody said, but what was that line? Does anybody remember what was said? Somebody uh, must have been left from the moolah match or something. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I think that was Lawler. Yep. Oh, yeah. Dude, how good was Jerry Lawler? Gosh. Oh, my. He is so good. Yeah, but uh, and, go ahead. Uh, well, I was gonna say, like, even with all this, like, with this match, it being Jeff Jarrett's last match, and him knowing he's gonna leave, he put on a hell of a good match. You know, doing it, he he wasn't sandbagging. He didn't, you know, do anything to make China look bad. He went out there and he worked his ass off, and he did what he had to do. So he like, was a complete I professional. I was gonna save this question, but now you. Because of what you said, I want to I want to continue. How giving is Jeff Jarrett? A hundred percent. Right, because like, you have no, knowing that knowing now, like what ha like the history and everything else, and then listen to the podcast. I mean, there's there's nobody better than Jeff Jarrett. He he's leaving the company. He's putting on. Look, this is 1999. He's putting over a woman, and he's leaving the company. And he, and he put her over strong. So, mm -hmm. James, I wanted to ask you, what did you think of that? What did you think of the crowd's reaction to China? I thought, uh, I mean, her attire probably had a lot to do with uh, a lot of the reaction for sure, because it is around that uh, era, you know. But I, don't, I think uh, with the more gimmicky and the more like the spots, like, you know, the batter, uh, when they mix the batter, throw it on each other and all this bullshit happening on the outside of the ring, the hitting them with the uh, pepperoni, which they called salami, all that stuff. I mean, you get like pops and stuff like that from spots like that. So I are they popping for the spot or for the talent, I guess, is kind of what I'm getting at. And uh, I will say, though, how much you think it uh, <laughs> spurred Jay's art, JR's ass to deal with all this shit with Jeff Jarrett before the show and then like call his match? And he called it good, obviously, but... You know, in the back of his head, he's probably like, this motherfucker, <laughs> you know, and I got to, like, call his match. Still bitching about it today. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying about those. Um, are we, we uh, are they popping for the spot? Or are they popping for the person? And there's a lot of things. Like, people say funny. Like, JR says it himself. I, I don't know if it's coming out of his mouth. It's what people tell him. Funny doesn't draw money. I, I, I call bullshit on that. People love this shit. People love... Scotty Too Hotty or whoever doing the worm. They love a pie in the face. They they love funny shit. So I thought she got a decent reaction. So let's talk a little more about the match here. Jeff Jarrett hit her with the belt for the win. However, it was not a household item. Bullshit. Long, old Teddy. Bullshit. So a guitar is a household item? Wait. That's Adam, what I'm saying. Adam, I got more. This is a this is this is not a no DQ match. Did you guys realize that when you were watching it? There's rope breaks and everything. Yeah. I was bring it up. There's rope breaks. Rope breaks for God's sakes. They're right rope breaks. And then in the same sentence, they're hit chant tongs on his balls. Thank you. What the fuck is going on in this thing? Listen, I know we're talking about women's matches. I know we're talking about the women of night, but this match is ridiculous. You're allowed a rope break, but you're also allowed to use tongs on someone's balls. <laughs> All right, yeah. fine. 
As Mike Kiyota says, each match is open to its own creative <laughs> liberty. I know, but it has to make sense. And they that did brought not out the kitchen sink. All right. So, is a guitar a household item? No. So then I wanted no. to go to the finish with you, Coach. Is this a dusty finish? <laughs> I was so angry <laughs> after the Jeff Jarrett thing that I was just turned off from the end of the match because I knew that they were going to give it to China. I mean, even back then I said, oh, when you do that, you know it kind of gives away the real true ending because they're not going to give it back to the guy. So we, it kind of threw off the end for me with uh, China. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was pissed. So ridiculous. Is your fist a household item? So, it, but it depends where you use it. it. Kenny Long took a bump, so how did he <laughs> see Jeff Jarrett hit her with a belt? Right. Yeah. Right. This uh, wasn't so, a dusty finish. Think, this was a Jeff Jarrett do you think the original, finish. <laughs> yeah, do you think the original finish was Jeff Jarrett to go over with with him hitting the title? And they say, no. you know, when he said, no. I don't think so. I, I don't know. I mean, it's. A, I mean, he's talked about this match. Uh, I, You know, this... Gosh, what is it, 47 yeah, bucks? talked about it as he was leaving. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, what I'm just trying to say is that your fist is not a household item either. So, <laughs> there's a lot of things open for interpretation of what, how, I mean, look, it's fun. It's a good time. I know we're just supposed to have a good time when we watch this, but it just, it should make sense too. But I will ask you this, Devin. There was a women's title match this yes. night. There was a women's title match this night. Does this cheapen the women's title by another woman winning the Intercontinental Championship? Uh, I don't know if it cheapens it because it was already at a status where it was pretty low. Like, Mae Young was the one who won. Or Fabulous Moolah, I'm sorry. Fabulous Moolah was the one who won it. Uh, Fabulous Moolah would get absolutely destroyed by China. So, Well, that's what I'm getting at. Is that we know the whole point is that China would beat them all, Right. Yeah, but I don't think it lessened it. I think it just it, it already showed the status the women's title was at by the fabulous Moolah coming back and winning it. So I, I think it cheapens it. And the reason I say that is like so I live in Phil I live uh, twenty minutes outside of Philadelphia and we have what's called a city league. And in the city league, these these are the NBA guys, if you know what I'm saying. The city league does not com- compete in the Pennsylvania State Championship Basketball League. Why? Because they would destroy them. <laughs> so to me, I, I feel like it's almost the same. Here you have this woman that, that is beating men and winning the Intercontinental Championship, yet you still have this woman's title that is brought down to here. But uh, anyway, uh, anybody have anything else to add to this match? I, I thought, so overall, uh, just let me just finish it up. China, China won with the guitar shot, which is considered a household item, and pinned Jeff Jarrett for the championship. And China is your new intercontinental champion, a female. We thought it was important to talk about her today. There's a lot to talk about China that we're, we're not going to get into. Uh, we lost her to, you know, substance abuse. And how and- about this? How about this? If you really want to put over women's wrestling, why don't you let China beat them clean in the ring without that BS? That Thank would you. truly put her over and advance her. And Instead, he would have done cheapened it. And, and Jeff would have done that. Jeff yeah. would have done that, right? Sounds like yeah, he would have. 
I don't pedigree know right in the middle. Boom, done. Yeah. Pin me, pay me. Isn't that what he says? <laughs> yeah, he 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 was all it seemed like he was all on board with putting her over, whether he was staying with the company or not. That's the way he explains it today. Now, of course, this is 2022 now. It's easy to I don't know. Uh change the narrative. Yeah, like how he was feeling at the time, I have no idea. We we've heard stuff about Jeff Jarrett before we listen to our, the podcast that he does now called My World. And we always thought that he was always out for himself, but it doesn't sound like he was when you hear him talk. So now, what what was the, the date on this match? What was it? 1999. No mercy. What, 99. Early 99 or do y'all know? Uh, October. October 17th. Okay, yeah, he, this is a Russo finish. He left right after this. And the thing is, Russo's a big, he is a big, he's a big Jeff Jarrett fan, as we find out later in WCW. I didn't think it was a bad match. I thought it was fun. Uh, just a couple of the rules, you know, tightening up the screws a little bit. Yeah. Never mind. I'm wrong. He left October 3rd, 99. So this was right after he left. My apologies. Mm. Him and Ed Ferrara went to WCW October 3rd, 1999. So Teddy Long was a referee, by the way. Holla, holla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody else have anything about this match? I, I love China. Yeah, she looked amazing in this match, too. I hate it. It was a gimmick match. It just cheapens it. I think China could have been so much more if she had the opportunity. You know, we've all listened to JR and Conrad talk about China. You know, that they didn't give her the help that she needed. I would hope that, you know, she is a, her legacy is important to wrestling and to women's wrestling, intergender wrestling. And she looked amazing. If you look at her background, she didn't always look amazing. And she made it. She she was in Playboy. She was the, she became the Intercontinental Champion. She became Women's Champion. I wish things could have worked out better for her. And I'm sure you guys all agree. The, the new A and E extended like biography movie that just came out. I think it was like maybe last year. Yeah, uh, it was really good. It was made by her family, or, and it was supported by her. It, it showed. Uh, you know, all, everything that she had to go through. I mean, not only from before she became a wrestler, but imagine working for a company when uh, the guy that you were dating and was heavily involved with is marrying the, the owner's daughter and you still got to work with him and deal with all that. I mean, they didn't set her up very well. She could have been one of the greatest of all time. And she is considered that even, her, even in her short amount of time. Having said that, we all have breakups. We have to continue to get on with our lives. I don't know any one of the six of us that are a perfect 10, yet we still deal with our lives every day. So I just wish she would have got a little more help and a little more support and a little more uh, encouragement to know that she was good enough. If you know what I mean? Okay. Uh, anyway, what do we got next, uh, James? Oh, hold on, James. Hold on. Oh. Before we get to that, I, there was something I didn't have in the outline. I just want to go over real quick. It's going to be very brief. I just want to talk about TNA and Ring of Honor real quick, just before we move on to the next. TNA started in 2002, uh, but their knockouts division actually didn't really kick in until 2007. In the second pay-per-view, they had what's called a um, they had a lingerie battle royal <laughs> to determine the first Miss TNA. And not only that, on this same pay-per-view, there were women in cages doing dances 
All right, so that's where that started. Uh, that was the end of the Attitude Era, the way I look at that. In Ring of Honor, we will talk about more of that in the, in the next show. Nice. Very uh, very good way to put a, a bow on that match. Good housekeeping match, uh, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of thrilling conclusions... There has been an ongoing storyline throughout these uh, our Kickout Crew podcast, and we uh, took a little sabbatical, but uh, I believe we're going to swing back into things. I believe court is back in session. Uh, I will kick it over. I'll give Devin uh, kick it to Devin first. Speak your uh, piece before you know you get obliterated by pretty much everybody else on here. Well, I'm gonna just uh... you know cohort. Yeah, we're just uh, touching back again on this trial over me and the rest of the kickout crew, I guess. I can't cut, I can't uh, talk too much about it without my attorney uh, needing to get involved. So I'm just going to refer straight to him, Adam from Bama. Hey, my, my only thing is, other if, if we continue this as far as if we bring a sentence of him to guilty, I feel like we'll go into like bigger, like a, like a bigger hole because we'll end up, because he's, he's, in, he's within his first amendment rights to freedom of speech. And other than that, what has he done wrong? He spoke his opinion about something. And other than that, I don't feel like he did anything wrong. So if we say he's guilty then he's, then I feel like we're trampling over his first amendment rights. I feel like we should just throw out all charges and we'll just continue life normally. And I would like to speak on that. Before the verdict is actually read, I have taken time to consider things. And I'll start with this. I want to thank all the fans that have reached out to us and reached out to me and Adam, either in DM or on, uh, I know we were getting stuff from both sides. And uh, the overwhelming support is for Devin. And if we're really going to be a crew and we're really going to reach out to and feel the energy of our fans, I kind of have to take into what uh, I've taken what they said into account. So what I've decided based on the uh, the outpour of loving <coughs> for Devin. <coughs> Sorry, it's hard for me to lose. That doesn't happen very often. Um, I'm going to withdraw all charges. Another reason is the only person that supported me was Ed Prather. So <laughs> once Ed threw his support my way, I knew that I was definitely wrong. Yeah, it turns into a mistrial on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, honestly, if if we had more time for this, you should bring up charges on me uh, for, for questioning Devin's loyalty. What a lot of you guys don't know is Devin does a lot of work for us, even behind the scenes, beside the camera work. He's, he's the one that's in charge of putting together all those graphics of us at different matches uh, throughout time you know, with the uh, power of our time machine, Devin does a lot. And your, what you do is definitely more important than what you say. <laughs> and De De Devin has proven throughout this being our 10th show 
10. Big shout out for double digits now. We're up to 10. 10. I'm going to ask uh, the rest of the people in our kickout crew if they will accept my petition to withdraw all charges and without prejudice without prejudice <laughs> and i lay my mercy on the court for and i i've asked for forgiveness for wasting your time dealing with this fine gentleman devin i wasn't a waste of time i enjoyed it i mean because i mean and all in all uh it, we're, we're we're a family now so I mean, I, I there was always going to have squabbles, and but and all in all, it was fun, and I think it actually brought us closer together. So I actually enjoyed it. Use your words wisely, young man, and don't go on another podcast. Uh, now that you know <laughs> how we feel, you're okay in my book. Uh, I just want to say thank you, Coach. Um, thanks for finally coming to your senses and realizing uh, I'm a good hey, loyal guy. <laughs> uh no in actuality it was all fun honestly it was fun going back and forth with all this but yeah glad that uh glad that we won and adam you're one and know <laughs> as an attorney so congratulations you can take the rest of the week off <laughs> oh well that'd be great god that'd be great case dismissed i said we both won in that one so i need to take a break i'm gonna take a break a second Okay, great. Um, right. Before we get to Mike's meet minute and before we go to, there is a, a small segment with me with Brad Defense Philadelphia real quick. Uh, I do want to mention a couple more fan questions, if you don't mind. I we I have a terrible time of keeping this straight. So I just what, about, to, what about reviews? Do we have any more reviews also? Can, you, can someone get key up Brian Haremza's review while I'm doing this? Uh, so this one comes from Brian actually too, is his question. Hey, and if you know uh, Bryant, there's a, a picture circulating of Vince McMahon uh, jumping down the ringside steps. That is taken from one of our own fans and a uh, great buddy of ours, uh, Bryant Terimza. So shout out, Bryant. You uh, need to get your due on that because everybody's, you know, photoshopping the shit out of it. And uh, yeah. we just want to know that was Bryant Terimza. So uh, all the funny shit you're seeing, you need to thank him. By the way, does he, say, does he use all his money for wrestling? Like, he's in front row. Dude, he's like yeah right? front well, corner, like right there. you know where james you know had some help getting to the front row of his but brian looked like he did it on his own i don't think james sold the security guard easy <laughs> tread lightly i can't <laughs> but anyway i will tread lightly you know there's that. uh some people that listen that may not want uh, the exact ah. details of uh, certain situations uh, exposed right. i'm just saying she's pretty girl that's all Anyway, um, so Bryant says, do you think having think having Stephanie McMahon carry the women's title helped or hurt the championship? I, I, I think I, – go ahead, guys. I'm sorry. I don't think it really mattered at that time. It was yeah. just there. She had it. She had it. She was playing a heel. Wasn't Triple H the, uh, the world champion at the time, too? Yeah. So, I mean, they were just doing their thing. Actually, right. That makes sense. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Like, it helps with the notoriety of the title, like, to get her name behind it, you know, McMahon as a title bearer. But uh, quality and wrestling work rate-wise, I guess it could be seen as a setback. But it's not like they were, you know, blowing the house down every night but Like anyway. we said, Moolah won it. So, yeah. 
what are we talking about? You know? And um, one more here. Uh, do you think WWE mistreated China and Lita? I believe they did from Frank Bruno on her way out. Uh, we've addressed Lita it. on the way out was completely disrespectful. And what yeah. I say with China is they didn't, they didn't give her the help she needed. Yeah. And what they do for a lot of of these performers, they they came up short with, with China for sure. Yeah. And we know why. Yeah, because they're good for not performers. They do it for yeah. pe- people that's not even in the company now. So for them, you know, not to do it for China, I agree. Now again, we're talking, we're talking 20 years ago. We always got to put in perspective here. The HR isn't the HR today <laughs> as it is then. Just keep that in mind. There's a lot of things that are accepted today that were definitely not accepted then and vice versa. As in, they accepted it back then and not today. Yeah. So, anyway, those were the two questions. So, um, I think it's Mike Meatman at time. I think it is. I, uh, Mike Meatman. <laughs> if I cut in front right. of that real oh. quick, I'm sorry. I, I just uh, pulled up Brian's right. review. Oh, I'm sorry. Forgot about Brian again. <laughs> uh, that's a, sorry to cut you off, Mike. But Brian's review. Brian says subject line. Brian's the host. Uh, he rated five stars. He says. The show is fantastic. Everybody plays a part of the show, of each show, and is great with what they do. I can't wait to hear the continuation of the court case. Well, it's ended now. <laughs> Brad always has great FMK games. James is a great host, leading everyone around. Coach Rosie finally got better internet. Your show. Great wrestling insight from Adam. Mike's Meat Minute. This show has it all. Love the wrestling talk. And always great for a good laugh as well. That's so I want to say uh, thank you for the comments on everyone else but me, Bryant. <laughs> and uh, Bryant, right your minute. check is in the mail. Thanks for calling me the host. Wait a minute. Bryant put you over on Twitter, though. He did say he enjoyed listening to you talk about NWA. I know. I know, you asshole. I talked to Bryant the night that he was on Raw for probably an hour or two. So he's a good guy. I was just busting him. He's like a real good dude. It's our fans show. It's not our Twitter. show. We do it for yeah, the we'll, we'll meet him first hand at well, Top Guy Weekend, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah right, Devin? Yeah, yeah Devin. sorry. <laughs> All right. If you guys are getting married a month after that, it would be cool to crash your wedding. Just a year all of us and a month just after. kick out through a tire and just fucking crash the wedding. A year and a month. There's no reason for him not to go. Wait. I thought you said October... <laughs> 2022. What the fuck? We'll talk about this off air. Back to Mike. <laughs> yeah, on a moving forward, we're gonna have another case against this asshole. Hopefully, <laughs> out next year too is where we're getting at here. That's two Sorry. years in a row. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm gonna do something quick and easy, and yes, uh, I'm gonna do us <laughs> always, and it's always great. It's fantastic. I'm gonna do a, a smoked pizza. So for those of y'all that have like a pot grill or a little smoker, um, you can either make your own pizza and do your little thing. You can buy frozen pizza. Sometimes I like to take um, Prince bread, buy a loaf of Prince bread, slice it in half, and make my pizza on that. But you do it, you know, put your toppings on it the way you have to do. Throw it on the smoker for about, on like 250, let it sit for about 45 minutes to an hour, and pull it off. And I tell you what, that'd be better than any kind of Domino's or pizza pizza you ever had. Even if you buy the Walmart cheap pizza. 
Then I your will tell you, Mike. Goes and ruins it with ketchup. Yeah, well, she eats ketchup with it, but. <laughs> It's funny you I, mentioned Domino's. I had Domino's last night. Yeah, no, I thought that was yeah. a, a subtle day because I uh, had Domino's for lunch. You know, Mike, that sounds like a, a great, great pizza, but I could never eat that because I ate French bread pizza from about fifth grade till the graduation of high school. Every day was French bread pizza in the cafeteria. So I'm going to have to pass on that one. But Well, then you go to Walmart and buy your frozen pizza and throw that on there. I'm telling you, it may- even with those DiGiorno pizzas and everything else, big difference. Big. Yeah, I'm big kind difference. of a pizza snob. Not DiGiorno got a croissant crust now. Yeah, no, I can't do that. I got to get it from a like a uh, not a chain. I like to get it from a local joint. Yeah. There you go. That's him. Well, that's my Mike's meat minute. All right. You got anything else, Brad? Real quick, I, I I have to defend the city of Philadelphia. We all talked last week. Pass. About- Snowballs at Santa. Thank you for joining <laughs> us, guys. Y'all have a right. <laughs> recording. Stop. <laughs> so let me just get into the whole thing about really what happened that night. Wait, wait, what? Wait, what is that, Mr. Stanton? I am not going to let be here and let you talk about this great city of Philadelphia. It is not a great city of Philadelphia. It is a piece of shit city of Philadelphia. The great state of Rhode Island would never do something like this. However. Let me read a story from the Bucks County Courier Times that took place just two months ago, which I believe is 10 minutes from you. Two brothers at the Golden Corral in Ben Salem fighting over the last piece of steak in the buffet line. Chairs were thrown. Curses were made. Racial slurs. This is the city you are talking about. This city is not worth the time. And that's all I have to say. Enough of your bullshit. And go Pats! Rhode Get the fuck off our shit, Anthony. Don't you ever talk to Brad that way again. Don't disrespect Brad City. You know what, Anthony? Go screw yourself, pal. You're a piece of shit in my Who gave eye. him the code? Who gave him the code? <laughs> Fucking hacked our Zoom. Brad, forget about him. Come back on. Brad, come back on. Forget him. He knocked Brad out, didn't he? Look, he's making him sweat. Look at that armpit ring. Guys, <laughs> what happened? Oh, uh, it looks like you got a chair shot to the head and then Anthony Powers went on a rant. Did you remember, get busted up in the hard way? I remember just talking about that the Santa was, the Santa was, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, guys. I don't I know. What somebody happened. come into your phone house. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't they, know. They hacked your computer. Someone just, someone just threw the rest of my beer in my face. All they I opened, heard was they opened up the door of the funhouse. Dude, somehow Anthony got into the call. I have no idea on how he got into the call. I want Devin to check in on that. He's our IT specialist. Uh, I think he broke into Brad's house is what happened. Devin is a, a good IT specialist unless it has to do with Google Drive. Then he has no fucking clue what anything is. <laughs> Man, my head hurts now. Shout out to Google Drive. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry I lost it there for a minute. I'm glad somebody knocked you out about Philadelphia because Philadelphia is definitely not the city of brotherly love. Yeah, trash. Uh, Shout out to all our fans in Philly. Yeah, I know. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Dang, sorry about that, man. I don't know what Uh, happened. Yeah, you're good. I mean, hey, talking about Philadelphia takes it out of me, too. uh, Believe me. Coming from the guy from Alabama, let's talk about Philly. Yeah. (laughs)
Uh, hey, hey you're the host, James. Yeah, no, uh, you're not the host. You're the host. Go ahead, James. Exciting, uh, thrilling conclusion. And up next, uh, I believe on our agenda, it says next week info. So the info for next week is. So we want to put out a Twitter post uh, about. So we're going to be covering matches from the Ruthless Aggression era to the Divas era. A lot out there. Uh, we are. We, like we said earlier in the show, as long as all schedules line up, she does live in Alaska, uh, have a special guest, Brandy Wagner. Brandy from Alaska is going to help us with the shimmer part of this, uh, Row Wrestling Eve, and whatever else we miss, because we miss plenty, believe me. And we have not picked the matches yet. I do believe she sent us a shimmer match that none of us have viewed, I promise you. And we want to put it out on Twitter. So we're going to go from... Ruthless aggression to the Divas era. Now, be careful with the Divas era because there's a point there where it becomes the Women's Revolution era. So we want to put it out there. Um, we're going to do that today. So this is for nothing, this conversation. Because okay? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do it now. And we want to know what you want to hear about because a lot of us weren't watching then, believe it or not. A lot of us were not watching then. I was just becoming a father. James, you weren't listening, watching then, correct? The Ruthless Aggression? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much from like 02, 03 till about 18. No. Evan, you were, you were six. So. I was fully into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was getting back into it for a little while. I got back into watching, it. And, uh, I left when The Rock left. And you and were I came back wrestling. when The Rock came back. That's you how it went for me. Now, Adam, right? Do I know? And during The Ruthless Aggression, you were started wrestling, right? Yeah, that's when I started. Yeah, I got 01, uh, 99 to 01, 02. Having said that, we need help. <laughs> and we were willing to watch whatever you guys want us to watch. So by the time you see this, it'll already be done. <laughs> so, well, thanks for the matches you picked. Right? <laughs> right. So, James, whatever. That was bullshit. You know what? He hit me in the head too hard, whoever that guy was. Exactly. Uh, it is going to be cool to have Brandy on here. Uh, I know, you know, we're six dudes talking about women's wrestling, but to get a female's perspective and uh, she can enlighten us on some more things that maybe we don't see or respect as much, because uh, especially with the uh, current week that we've had in our uh, country of USA, women do need to be shown a little bit more respect. So it's going to be good to have her on here because uh, they are people and I don't know why they're branded as second class citizens, but that's a different topic. But uh you know, it's going to be good that Brandy on here and uh, bring more enlightenment to our fans also about uh, women's wrestling, too, because it's not our show. It's your show. It's the fan show. We just do it, you know. <laughs> that, yeah, that's all I got. I do want to say uh, I'm going to end, not end, but as we're wrapping up this episode, I would like to uh, quote from uh, one of my favorite groups, the Dave Matthews Band, uh, you know, pick me up, love, from the bottom up to the top of every day. Pay no mind to taunts or advances because I'm going to take my chances on every day. And I feel like that's something that we, uh, you know, we all should uh, strive to do. There's a crazy world going on and it seems to only be uh, spiraling further and further down the toilet. You know, the past two years have been uh, completely insane and you can't script that shit. So uh, we all need to do better, be better, and, uh, you know, when life pins you down, kick out it too. Because that's what we do. We're the kick out crew. And that's uh, all I got to pretty much say. I'm going to kick it to the guys, give their Twitter handles. I am at James Elacori. 
I know nobody knows how to spell that, <laughs> but the name's on the screen. And uh, we are at Kickout Crew on Twitter. And that's uh, that's all enough of me talking. Uh, I'll kick it up, Mike. Uh, give the people your uh, your shit, your info. You can find me at Whitaker1028. Hit me up with anything you got, questions, whatever. I'm here. Meet a Coach. minute recipes, anything like that. It's your show, guys. You know. I am Brad. Yeah. Yes, I'm Brad on Twitter. I want to thank James Sorensen for doing a nice cameo for us. From thank you. So says Chernoff, Josh Chernoff. Yeah. Uh, really well awesome. done. Really well done. And thank you, uh, thank you, James, for the support. Mm-hmm. Next. Oh, I'm Adam. Adam underscore from underscore Bama. You know, holler at me and Tom. We'll talk wrestling. Anything else you want to talk about? I am Devin Dowling. You can catch me at Devin D19 at you know Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. I saw. Uh, I want to point out we have the Instagram, we have the TikTok. Uh, we haven't added to it yet, but we have Twitter. Follow us. At, follow us at all of those guys. Mm-hmm. We need some more Instagram followers and YouTube subscribers for sure. Mm-hmm. And and one other little peek behind the curtain. I want to thank Adam because he got us two funny, well, one hilarious Gilbert cameo. That guy is. <laughs> You still got it, pal. And uh, Sean Ross Sapp. Those were uh, two two really good ones. Uh, I'm really happy, guys. We have a really good chemistry, and I'm really enjoying myself. And uh, we're learning a lot about each other. We're all at different stages in our life, so it's cool to really experience what everyone's going through, positive and negative. We got a lot a lot of things going good in our lives, guys, and, and I'm blessed to have you guys in it. I'm at Real Coach Rosie. Love it. Thank you for all the questions and reviews, guys. Keep them coming. Mm-hmm. So that'll be uh, everything from us at the Kickout Crew. Because life brings you down. Don't give up, because that's what bitches do. We kick out it, too. Because that's what we do. We're the Kickout Crew. So uh, enjoyed it. Thanks for all the feedback. Uh, have fun listening. Appreciate it, guys. Peace. Peace.